You're listening to TopCast, this old pinball's online radio. For more information, visit them anytime, www.marvin3m.com slash TopCast. All right, now on TopCast, we're going to be talking to somebody that's involved with the Dutch pinball scene over in the Netherlands. He also has some experiences with the Big Bang Bar project, as he currently owns a Big Bang Bar. Yes, that's right. He has in his possession right now a Big Bang Bar ahead of, nearly a year ahead of, all the North American people that ordered them. So we're going to be talking about him and his uh, Big Bang Bar and and how it's held up over the last year. And also, uh, he was involved with building and assembling the Big Bang Bars. So we're going to give him a call right now. Special Special guest. Special guest. Special guest. Special guest. Special guest. Okay, so I'm talking with Jonathan Jostin. He's a part of the Dutch Pinball Association and editor for the Spinner Magazine, which goes out to the members of the Dutch Pinball Association. Uh, he also started up a pinball donation fund in 2004, which we're going to talk about. And he also was part of the Big Bang Bar project uh, and helped actually Gene Cunningham with some assembly. And we're going to talk about that. So, Jonathan, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm fine, thank you. Let's talk about your uh, Dutch Pinball Association and the Spinner Magazine and how you got involved with those uh, and what your responsibilities are in there. Okay. Um, Well, basically, um, the Pinball Association was founded in 1992, if I'm uh, correct. Uh, So this year we have our uh, 15th anniversary. Um, I joined the association in December 2000. And uh, after I got my first uh, Spinner magazine in the mail, um, I read it and I was like, okay, I think the quality could go up. Um, I really was like, like, okay, this is such an, uh, um, well, everybody is doing it for the love of pinball, obviously, but not everybody's a journalist or something like that. Not that I am, but I figured the level could go up. So what I did was I sent in my own reports of um trade fairs that were going on or um, uh, competitions or uh, big events and so on. And basically in five year time, um, I managed to become uh, chief editor of the magazine. Uh, Previous editor um, quit over a year ago uh, because he did over 30 issues and he figured it was time to, to leave to someone else. And basically everybody was looking at me Hopefully that I would uh, take the job. So, do you have any experience in that in that in that field before, or was this all just brand new to you? Um, I had no experience in uh, actually making magazines. That was new, uh, but I used to uh, I already wrote for the magazine for five years, um, and I had my ideas of how to improve, and that's also one of the reasons I think I was asked. Um, to, to take what over. kind of ideas did you have for improvements? Um, well, uh, we have the, the Pinball Association and there is the magazine. Um, a lot of people become member of the association, um, but they see it as they subscribe to the magazine and they see the association as something else. So we have over a thousand members, but if we have a big event, um, perhaps only 300 will show up because uh, there's about 700 people just 
receiving a magazine, reading it, and not actually going to shows or whatever, you know. So, um, and basically, okay, when I took over, I figured um, we have the the, the magazine, uh, we have a website. I figured we can uh, try to integrate these uh, more. Um, what what is what is the website? And uh, the website is uh, www dot com. Okay. Um, it's in Dutch though, so um, there's a forum which is quite popular, um, and basically it explains everything we do within the Dutch Pinball uh, Association. Um, but what I found very uh, strange was. Um, uh, it's an organization run by uh, volunteers. Um, you would read in the Spinner magazine, for example, a few years ago, that there was a new pinball game, and you could read it on the forum on the website, but there was no news item on the website, which I found strange, because I figured if you're a pinball association, then uh, if there is a new game coming out, you want to mention that to everybody who visits your website. So... Um, so there are ideas to integrate the website and the magazine more. Um, recently, we uh, started a, uh, a wiki, thanks to the, the webmasters, uh, basically to share our technical knowledge um, in that wiki. Uh, basically, articles from previous Spinner magazines will be uh, published and people can uh, contribute their own um, experiences and so on, or if they have suggestions or if they think something is done wrong. Um, we started that up uh, two weeks ago. Actually, I have to say it was our webmaster who did, so all credit to go to him. But as the association, I'm talking about we. So right now, you so you're not the you're just the editor. You don't do the webmaster. You um, um no. responsibilities. No, I do some of the um, uh, editorial work on the on the website. If there is a news item or a new uh, event coming up, I I can put it on the agenda. But it's not my uh, main priority, basically, or Okay, the, now what what's now you in two thousand and four you came up with this pinball donation fund. What was uh what what's the purpose behind that and, and how did that go? Okay, well basically um every year the Dutch Pinball Association um organizes the Dutch Pinball Open, which is actually a uh one of the biggest uh pinball events in Europe. Um there's many people from abroad coming over. Um, I think even Trent Augustine uh, from America. Yeah, was Trent once. was the Dutch pinball champion back yeah. maybe in 2004, in fact. Like, I, I can't remember. 2003 or 2004. He, yeah. he, he was at my place. Very nice guy. Oh, yeah, great guy. Great yeah. guy. Um, uh, okay, we used to do that uh, every year, and every year uh, usually we had a sponsor um, supplying us with pinball machines. Um, at a certain point, um, the sponsor uh, chose to go into a different direction and sell his games or whatever. I don't know what happened because I wasn't that involved at that time. So, um, But it left the organization without a proper sponsor. So we tried to organize events by asking our members to bring games so we could organize something. And I brought a couple of games and that went well. We had great events, but... We felt the need uh, to build our own collection, and uh, several ideas were suggested how to get games, basically. Um, and I was like, okay, um, we can 
buy games that that's uh sure an option and uh, we bought them actually from all of the, over the place in europe at that time uh prices were uh, in some countries still still very reasonable um but i figured um there's plenty of people who have a pinball machine standing at home um maybe it's broken or it doesn't work or nobody has played it for over a year or whatever uh it's being used for um a, a table or uh, a wardrobe or whatever, sooner or later they want to get rid of it. Now, some people will put it on eBay or uh, some sort of uh, equal uh, website. Right, Others and just will... try and sell it or something, yeah. Well, they will sell it or they will throw it away. So Why do, of... a, do a lot of people throw away games in Europe? Um, I'm afraid so. Really? <laughs> yeah, well... Um, the, uh, basically, when I suggested, okay, why don't we advertise that we are a pinball uh, association, and that we, uh, if people have a game and they want get, want to get rid of it, we come over, we collect it, uh, we pick it up. Um, when we do an event, we uh, we make sure we have the games restored, um, and people are welcome to uh, attend the event for free, and they can play their own game basically, uh, but then it's working again. And basically everybody was looking at me like, nobody's going to give a pinball machine away. <laughs> so in three months' time, we had 40 donations. 40 machines in three 40 months? 40 machines in three months. Wait, wait, wait. Now, how did you advertise this? I mean, how did you get the word out to, to let people... Because you're not just asking people in the association. You're asking, you know, the whole world in 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 Holland, in Belgium, or whatever to... To donate machines, right? Um, that's correct. Actually, most games were donated from people who didn't even know there was an association. Because the members of our association know the value of a pinball machine. Some of them um, uh, are very, um, how do you call it, um, uh, involved in, in the uh, organization of events and so on. And they donated games. Um, but th that's just a few. Um, most people who donated a game had no idea where to go or whatever their value was. And we got really uh, very decent games and titles that really will surprise you. So, Well, like what? What kind of titles did you get? Um, we got a Batman Forever. We got an Elvira. Um, what, the Scared Stiff or the first one? The first one. The first one, the Party Monsters, okay. Yeah. Uh, Elvira and the Party Monsters. Um, let me think. We got a Centaur. Um, well, I've been looking for a Centaur for years and haven't been able to find one. Yeah, maybe I should try this angle. <laughs> well, um, what I always wondered, since I noticed the success it had um, over here in Holland, uh, I figured this could work world, uh, worldwide, basically, because I know there's many countries where people... Um, Okay, for us collectors, pinball machine has uh, some value, and for one, it has more than for the other. But for people who just have one in her, in their home, usually it's the wife that says sooner or later that machine goes out because I'm sick and tired of it. Um, and that's basically uh, the angle that we use to to uh, get the attention. And but but I mean, how did you advertise this? How did you get the word out? What did you um, newspapers or something or Internet or what? Okay, well, the newspapers came in the later stage. Um, uh, the first thing we did was we put an advertisement on um, a website, which is a sort of eBay, but you can also uh, place ads if you are looking for something. 
Okay, and that website is far more popular over here than eBay. Actually, eBay bought it a few uh, years later. Um, and what's what's that website called? Uh, it's called uh, translated. It's called Marketplace. Marks Marketplace or Marks Place? Uh, well, uh, translated is Marketplace, and if you spell it um, uh, basically like it's spelled, it's M A R K. Uh, t p l a a t s dot n l. Huh. Okay. And um, we put the ad there. Uh, not everybody was uh, too happy with that because there were also uh, a lot of people who get their business from uh, picking up free games, and they weren't too happy with the idea. Um, oh, I bet. I mean, I, so you had some vendors that were pretty mad at you. Um. Yeah. <laughs> But then, okay, so that led to a discussion, and basically I said, okay, um, I'm not forcing anybody to give their game to us, but if people uh, see what we do to the games and they decide to uh, send in an email and tell us that we can come over and pick up, pick up their game, then that's their choice, so don't be mad at me. Right. No, that's that's a good way to do it, and, I, and it's interesting. So the when you get a game, when you collect a game, who does the restoration and repair work on it? Um, we do that as the association. We try to do it um, uh, within a group of technicians. Um, I have to admit, we started in 2004, and right now we ha really have a wall full of games that we still need to work on because it really was not... We couldn't keep up, basically, because we had the first three months 40 games coming in and everything needed work. Everything needed tweaking, so... Um, it takes time because uh, after three months we had to stop advertising because we we had no more room to store the games. So how many machines did you collect in three months? Uh, first three months, uh, forty games. You got forty free pinball machines in three months. Yeah, no, forty pinball machines in three months. And right now, uh, after three months, we stopped advertising. But we had an article in the papers. People uh, uh, saved the article. They cut it from the papers and. Um, up till now, every month we still have one, two, sometimes three donations. We don't advertise at all. There is a page on the on the website of the Pinball Association, but that's it. And people still remember from a few years ago that we used to collect pinball machines. Oh, my. And by now we have 93 donations and a total collection of 118 games. Oh, my God. So 118 games that you've gotten using this method. No, we bought uh, the other 25, uh, but 93 were donated. 93 basically. donated, you bought 25. So yes. now when you guys have a show or something, you basically, you're all set. You've got, you've got a, a whole bunch of machines for everybody yeah. to play. We got over 50 machines up and running, and we are uh, working on uh, many others, basically. We try to, to do that in the weekends, and not every weekend, but... Usually uh, every two or three months, we try to pick a date. Then uh, a bunch of technicians come in, and we try to do as much as possible in a day because it's very difficult to get everybody in there. Um, it's a country, so people have to travel, you know. Right. It's difficult to get everybody's agenda uh, set that everybody will be there at the same time. Now, the I mean, how many members are in the, the Dutch Pinball Association? Uh, we have over a thousand members. You have over a thousand. That's unbelievable because 
I, I mean, like over here, if we were going to try and have a pinball association, just say, you know, in 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 a, in, in a state or two or five or whatever the size of your country, I, I think it would be get difficult to get a thousand people. You know, that's that's incredible. That's a lot of members. So, out of that thousand members, how many technicians do you have that actually come and work on the machines? I'd say in total, um, say about twenty. Wow! And they have uh, their own um, uh, specialties. Some people prefer to work on electromechanical; others on uh, just a solid state. Wow. Okay. So, and then you got fifty of these games all restored. So now, do you guys have uh, tournaments or shows in that? Are you you know every year or every month or how often do you do that? Um, what we recently started is um, basically we have, um, I think, 90% of all the games is uh, uh, stored in one location, which we call uh, the Funhouse of the Dutch Pinball Association. Uh, over there, uh, over 50 games are uh, set up, and the rest is basically uh, waiting to be fixed. Now, now where is this, um, your clubhouse or your funhouse with the games in it, I mean... Do you guys actually own this, or do you rent it? Or, or we rent it. You yes. rent it. Okay. Yes. So, how much does it cost to join the Dutch Pinball Association? Um, uh, in euros, it's uh, thirty euros uh, a year. So thirty I... euros. It's like probably twenty dollars U.S. I would say. Um, I think the with the U.S. dollar being very low at the moment, I think it's about forty. Oh, oh, right, right. I'm sorry. I went the wrong way. The wrong time. Yeah. yeah, I went the wrong way. Sorry. So that's $40. So that means you got $40 uh, a, you know, from each member times a 1,000 members. Yeah, that's enough to pay rent, isn't it? Yeah, that's pretty um, good. Yeah, okay. But then we also try to organize events, basically. Uh, what we are looking for now is organizing the events actually in the same building as where we have the games uh, stored. Because... Um, the most difficult part of organizing events is the, the logistics, getting the games in the, uh, the place you rented for uh, the event. And, right. Uh, we we uh, used to rent a sports center uh, where we uh, set up 100 games, and there we would have the Dutch Pinball Open every year. Uh, we used to do smaller events, which were on several locations throughout the country. Um, but it's... Um, more and more become difficult to organize these um, events. Actually, the events itself is quite easy once the games are there. Uh, the difficult part is getting the games there and shipping them afterwards. Because um, when we play the finals, and uh, usually we have also a, a, some sort of sponsoring raffle, um, when that is over, most people go home. And then you're there with 20 people and you have 100 games, and they need to be moved. Right. And um, the, the the venue owner is like, okay, we close at midnight, and it's 6, a, uh, 6 p.m., so you have six hours to get 100 games out of there, and not only out of there, but you have to uh, locate, uh, bring them somewhere, you know, basically uh, back to our fun house or wherever, but you also have to unload the truck. So that means people are busy till 3, 4 a.m. in the night. And there's not many people who are willing to do that. So that's the biggest problem in our association right now. Right, right. Well, so the so the, the fun house isn't big enough to really hold, uh, you know, the actual event in? No, 
No. Too bad. It's not, it's not um, actually, we're looking for uh, a new venue, bigger, because we want to set up more games. And uh, we also actually are looking for an, um, a location where we actually can uh, have our Dutch pinball open, where we can have at least 200, 300 people. That's difficult to um, to find. Right. That, that's the biggest problem. Uh, over here, such locations are very um, rare to find on the, on the market, basically. Hmm. Now, when you uh, when you got when you get these machines all all when you get this clubhouse thing all figured out, and when you have the machines all ready, and you've got all your hundred plus machines set up in in your new venue. Then are you going to have like a a monthly thing? Or are you going to do a yearly show, or what? Do you, what do you think you'll do then? Um, well, we tried the monthly thing already. Um, actually, we started with that uh, this year, so we had three so far. Um, the fourth one is uh, not this week or, or uh, this month. Um, this month we are having a, a party called the Early Spring uh, Pinball Party. Um, which is two days, and uh, usually the monthly opening was at Friday night, and we used to do it at the third Friday night of the month. Um, that happens to be the Friday night before the weekend, so we figured it makes no sense if we're open two days the next Friday, so we're not doing it this Friday, uh, or this third Friday of the month, uh, because we're open that whole, whole weekend. Um, and actually, it will be a very interesting uh, event to go to, because we will have for the first time in years, an uh, electromechanical uh, uh, competition uh, on the Sunday, and there will also be a team competition on the Saturday. And both days we also will have a uh, family guy available to play on, uh, by courtesy of uh, JVH Gaming Products, uh, which is our main sponsor at the moment. Now, when you, how did you, these sponsors, um, do they just provide games when you when you have your events or do they actually provide money too um so far as i uh, i'm i'm not into the sponsoring part at all as far as i know um most of them provide games okay and um we used to work together with uh, uh silverstone pinball magic which is a sort of pinball museum uh they have about 35 pinball machines over there um, we used that location several times for several events, including the European Pinball Championship in 2005 and the Dutch Pinball Open in 2006. So uh, the, uh, we pay the location for uh, a certain uh, for for renting the location. I think I'm not sure. I'm, it's not my department, but there's also some sort of sponsoring involved, I guess. Now, of your um, 100 plus machines, are they mostly solid state or are they mostly electromechanical? Um, trying to look up the uh, the website, uh, I think it's about 50/50 right now. I think huh. um, it's 50 percent about electromechanical um, and 50 percent solid states. There's a lot of uh, the elder belly machines, and the 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 solid state ones. I mean, from from the late 70s and the early 80s. Um, and then there is a, a collection of dot, mat uh, dot matrix games, uh, which most of which we bought basically. Now, when you were buying games, what country were you mostly buying them from? 
I'm not sure if that's a good thing to mention. <laughs> oh, really? Why is that? Uh, we tend to get more games. <laughs> oh, okay. You don't want to you don't want to cut your own throat, so to speak. Um, well, basically, the, the, uh, uh, most European uh, uh, the, the the people who really trade in big uh, uh, amounts of games um, already discovered that market, and I think it's. Uh, I spoke to a friend of mine a few weeks ago, and he told me that in the past two years, prices really went up. They tripled, basically. Right, right. Yeah, because uh, there's a lot of guys over here that buy containers of games from, you know, uh, countries in Europe and, and bring them in over here, you know, 70, 70 games at a time in a container. And, yeah. uh, you know, they're... You know, they're And I've seen some of the prices they're paying, and I, I was kind of shocked how much... How much uh, container games have gone up, and and then the stuff coming in too on these containers, boy, oh man, lately some of it hasn't looked that good. It's been pretty poor, poor condition, you know. So yeah, lots changed in the last few years as far as well, that stuff goes. I remember when we picked up um, a bunch of ten games, and if you uh, would look at their condition. Um, I doubt if anybody would have bought them, basically. Right. We left a few. Uh, um, uh, we had um, a budget for 10 games, and we left out a couple, which really were in, in too bad shape. I, um, I remember a Doctor Who with basically the entire um, mini play field uh, as a, a, a place in a bag as a puzzle, figure out how it works, because somebody took it apart, and never put it back together. So, and then you had to hope everything was there. So, basically, that was a game that we left there because we figured, like, we're not gonna risk that it's incomplete. And then, how the hell are you going to um, get your game working? So. Right, right. Now, the when you set up the the, the Dutch Pinball Association, is this? Um, I mean, how did you do it? I mean, that say the the Dutch Pinball Association Association for some reason. Um, closed or whatever who would get these hundred games i mean how would you how would you work that is there like do you have some sort of charter set up so that like you know uh, you know the members are like uh, almost like stockholders of the games i mean how how you know or do you guys just don't worry about that um some people worry about that um first i have to mention i'm i'm not one of the founders of the association um it was already there when i got involved but i was involved in in the uh, uh how do you call it the buying of the games basically we have a special commission who goes uh, uh who is about buying games and uh restoring games and so on and i'm in that commission i see okay um if the association should uh, stop for whatever reason which i don't hope then we really have a problem. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, there's probably people that say that will say that okay, uh, the games are basically uh, either donated and fixed with money from the association or uh, bought with money from the association. So everybody owns them. Right. Right. Yeah. And um, uh, I think everything uh, would have to be sold, and um, there would be a refund for 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 the members if that would happen. Right. Yeah, that would probably be fair. All right, we're going to take a break from our interview with 
Jonathan Jostin, and we'll be right back after this message. The Pin Game Journal is a proud sponsor of TopCast. It covers pinball like no other publication can. The Pin Game Journal is America's only pinball publication. Whether you're looking for new games or the classics, reports on industry shows or collector expos, insights on a game you want or features to help you fix the game you've got, Pin Game Journal is for you. Their website is at pingamejournal.com. All right, we're back with Jonathan Jostin. Now, let's talk about the Big Bang Bar. Um, okay. You own a Big Bang Bar, right? I sure do. Okay, now, how did you find out about the Big Bang Bar project? I mean, because you did not go to Pinball Expo, or yeah, I'm sure you didn't go to the Texas Pinball Festival either, which were the two places that, that Gene Cunningham announced the availability of Big Bang Bar. And there was only, I want to say, a two-month window where you could actually put your deposit in and get the machine. How did you find out about it and, and get involved with that? Um, I think I read it, uh, about it on the Internet. Uh, the Dutch Forum, which we have on, on uh, the website of the Pinball Association, uh, someone mentioned it, or I read it uh, on Pinball News, could also be. Uh, I think when I read it on Pinball News, I already knew, and... Um, at the, uh, when I found out there was only um, 111 games uh, supposed to be made, and uh, I uh, I knew about Big Bang Bar. I I read the story, and it really was something that I was like, if this ever is going to be made, then I really want one. Um, without even ever playing it, or you know, um. So basically, you, what, were, you had never played one before, right? No. Okay. Um, I think I tried it once in, uh, Pin Mame, or what's it called? Right, Pin Mame, yeah, sure. Um, basically what I did was I, uh, I called Gene Cunningham, and I talked to him, and I got an impression that he was really serious about this, and he told me that there was a chance that, um, uh, he had so many, uh, requests that he would see if he would make more than 111. And, uh when it turned out he did um uh, i signed up right away and uh i had no problem in uh, paying half up front so i uh as as soon as possible i i uh, send in my check basically now the the european games of course were delivered uh during the summer of 2006 because it needed they needed to be delivered to beat the uh the lead the lead solder law or the yes. lead I, I forget what the name of the law is. I mean, you you uh, probably know. R O H S. Right, right. And so you got your machine, you've had your machine almost a year now, right? Yes. And um I'm proud to say I was the first one to actually have it. Were you surprised? I mean was there any did Gene contact you ahead of time or anything, or is it just like the shipping company knocked on your door and said, Hey, we got a package for you? Um, that's what happened with most members or buyers who uh, uh, bought one. Um, actually, I was, uh, I heard uh, earlier, I had email contact with uh, Kim Carter, um, Jean's daughter. and um, Right, at Illinois Pinball. Yes, and she sent me a... a she sent me an email and she asked if my address still was correct. And I was like, why? What are you going to send me? And then I got an email back uh, saying that it's strictly confidential that the Big Bang bars were already on their way to Europe. But, but nobody was supposed to know because we, uh, or they didn't want to 
uh, have um, they could foresee a flame war on on news groups and so on for delivering the Big Bang bars to Europe, and uh, well, the Americans one were not made. I guess it was something like that, but they had a very good reason uh, because uh, after July first, it would be very difficult to get the games into Europe. Hmm. So. Um, I was, uh, I think I was one of the first to know. Um, basically, I uh, uh, tried to um, uh, organize uh, shipping for um, uh, once the games were uh, delivered in Holland, because I was fi- uh, I was to figure out are they going to uh, somewhere uh, in a warehouse in the in in the harbor where they would arrive, or are they being transported somewhere? Can we pick them up? Whatever. I was trying to figure that out, and uh, I think two weeks later I got a call from a um, company who is uh, was supposed to deliver the uh, game at my doorstep, and I was like, okay, can I come over and pick it up? And that was okay too, as long as I paid for the transport um, uh, while picking it up. Um, so we picked it up the next day. Hmm. And now, when you got the game home... Um, how, was it well packaged? Did they do they, a nice job? They did an excellent job. Really? Okay. And yes. they had a, they had a you know a custom box made and everything, huh? Yeah. Okay. And when you set the game up, I mean, have you ever set up a new stern? No. Okay. I, I was kind of curious if how like a new stern was packaged compared to you know Gene's Big Bang Bar. I was kind of curious, you know, if they would use the same. You know, I don't, you know, same packaging technique or whatever. Um, but so, how is it, you've been playing the game for almost a year now? How do you like it? Um, I think it, I still think it's a great game, really. Um, the fun part is um, when the game arrived, I was um, having a, I had a deadline for my Spinner magazine, and so when the game arrived, I, I didn't even unpack it because I continued with my magazine because it had to go to the printer and I think I, I unpacked it a day later or something like that. It was standing in the middle of my living room um, but I, okay at the end I was like okay let's let's unpack this thing you know so um, but it, 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 the strange thing was I wasn't supposed to share it with anyone because it, uh, everybody who got their Big Bang board got the, the request to keep it silent because um, Illinois Pinball um, didn't want uh, any negative reactions and so on. You, you can understand, probably. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, because we're still waiting for ours over here in the, in the United States. Nobody's yeah, okay, got but, one. Yeah. Okay, you don't have to wait much longer, I have this feeling. so um, Because what I understood is um, I think most games are ready. And some people already got their letter to uh, uh, come over and pick it up or something like that. I'm not sure. I'm f- trying to follow it, but I don't have the time to to look at it daily. So right. Um. Sorry, where was I? <laughs> well, the how has the game held up over the last year? I mean, I, how how much have you played it? How many plays have you put on it? And you know, is is it holding up like you would would hope it is? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. First of all, the first thing I have to say, um, uh, when I picked it up, um, we had to, uh, I was with uh, another buyer. We went together. Um, we had uh, eight games located in that warehouse uh, for 
Belgium and uh, the Netherlands. No, seven. Sorry. Um, we had to pick up two and some extra parts. Um, and we had a problem uh, fitting them into the van. So we had to unpack one of the games, else we couldn't take both uh, with us. Um, so we unpacked the game outside. It was uh, clear, sunny weather. And when you unpack uh, the game like that, uh, really everybody, it's just... Uh, it attracts some, some attention, huh? It's drop dead gorgeous, especially in, in bright sunlight. It's like, whoa, you know, um, I mean, artwork and, and so on. I, I, I had seen Big Bang Bar, uh, when I was at Illinois Pinball and because Jeans Machine was over there, but it just looks lo- like so amazing. Um, so brand new, basically. And I know Jeans quality control and he really didn't let me down. He really delivered A-class games. Can't say anything else. Um, and my game is holding up very well. I had uh, a few minor issues, um, uh, basically tweaking issues. Um, so you set up the game and you have to tweak uh, some some uh, things. I think there was one connector which was uh, soldered the wrong way. Um, but I was able to uh, to fix that myself. And basically that's it. Um, I checked last month and I think I put about 300 games on it right now. That's okay. not much. Um, and Big Bang Bar has the option to buy in extra balls. Um, I think I played over 1200 balls in total. Now, you also, um, went to Illinois Pinball at some point and helped make the Big Bang Bars, right? Correct. Now tell me about that and how you got involved with that and what you did there and give me the whole story. Um, well, basically, when I called Gene um, and asked if I could buy a Big Bang Bar, I said I also uh, wanted to be part of the production if possible. And uh, so we talked about it and he said, well, if you want to come on over, that's okay. So we, we uh, agreed on some, some terms for that and... Uh, he arranged for me a place where I could stay. And um, I was like, building that game would be such an adventure. So basically, I took off uh, one month and I uh, went over for a month. Um, at that time, they were supposed to be building the games already. Um, when I got there, it turned out um, they weren't. They had to wait on the play fields and cabinets weren't there yet. And there were a lot of issues with... Uh, material that was produced in the wrong way or whatever. So what I did was um, pre-production, basically. Uh, so you have to think of um, fit, uh, putting the right skirts on the pop bumpers and um, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, yeah, make the assemblies. Yes, exactly. Also, keep in mind, uh, all switches are handmade. So uh, these had to be made. Um, oh, you mean uh, the switches have to be have to actually be physically mounted to like a mounting bracket and then in I don't know do the diodes have to be added to the switches and stuff like that yeah yeah okay so, so you the, were doing all that kind of work yeah yeah but that's, that's great. known as the grunt work <laughs> okay well still um I was happy I was there because Gene has amazing stories to tell and um when you know the the, the um um uh, of course, I checked the news groups, and it's very easy to to 
um uh, i I've, I've read a lot of flame stories uh towards gene and so on um but when you hear his side then you completely understand why it takes sometimes so much time before something is uh produced so um for me i was very happy to um uh, to have that experience um gene georgiana kim the whole family there's such a bunch of really nice people i think probably the nicest people i ever met ever and um i really wish them well you know um i had no idea what to expect i was already happy that it could come over um and then you're um basically when when you you're walking there the first day in that warehouse it's like a you're just a kid in a in a candy factory basically wow you know? so were you working at, in chicago or were you working at jeans actual jeans on jeans property no jeans property jeans property and he has a he had a big warehouse set up with all the parts and like a little assembly line and everything yeah well the assembly line wasn't there yet uh they actually they were setting that up um so i saw the progress in that and um people have no idea how much time uh has been put into uh, that project um working 12 hours a day is normal for those people over there and uh, over here in holland eight hours is regular i'm not sure what it is in in the u.s but yeah eight hours is a standard work day here okay. too. people over there work 12 days an hour i'm not sure if they still do that but when i was there everybody was working 12 days an hour you know so they start at eight and they finish at eight right right and uh, uh um and and so when you were doing this, um, you know, when you go home at night, were you just like wore out? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great fun being there. Um, uh, it's such a warm family, and um, uh, I, I spent a lot of time with uh, Kim, who is uh, um, uh, Jean's daughter. Uh, we had uh, lots of fun, you know. Um, so how many other people did anybody else go with you? Um someone else went with me. I'm not sure if I can reveal who that was because nobody else knows. Okay. Uh but there was uh one other guy but he didn't order a Big Bang bar. Oh, he just wanted to go over and do this? Yes. <laughs> That's crazy. Man, no, well, I, but, uh, you guys, man, you take a month off work to go build pinball machine parts. <laughs> okay, well, Think of well, okay. Uh, when we, uh, I had no idea it was just the parts, first of all, but it was an, uh, a wonderful experience. And I, uh, uh, if I wouldn't know any, uh, I, I'd do it again right now, away. What, what do you think now? Gene's talking about making Kingpin, you know, the other Capcom game. What, what, what do you think about that? Um, what I understood is uh, he's not actually making it himself, um, but there is a third party involved and they want to build it um if the game gets produced i think that's uh good basically are, are you gonna buy one doubt it yeah my my problem with the kingpin is it's a lot more expensive you know it's it's um you know the big bang bar was forty five hundred dollars to me that that seemed really reasonable um but the kingpin is like seven thousand i want to say or seventy five hundred it's a, it's a lot more expensive yeah. um you know and, and it gets uh it, it, it's priced me out of the market it, it, i'm not comfortable 
spending that much money, you know, on a, on a pinball on a pinball game. It just seems like a lot of money. It know? is a lot of money. Um, in the end, it's probably worth it. Is yeah, maybe guess? there's a lot of risk though, um, especially with the kingpin because, uh, you know, with Big Bang Bar, you know, Gene had all these extra parts, um, you know, that he bought surplus from Capcom, but well, he used them all up on. You know, I mean, he didn't have everything, obviously, but no. he, but he, he did have a lot, and he used them all up, uh, you know, on the Big Bang Bar. So now with kingpin, he's going to be starting from basically from nothing. Um, you know, he's got to make everything. I don't think he has any boards, any board sets. I think the board set is the main problem. The rest is yeah, not, not a problem. The rest yeah, is probably gonna easy. Yeah, he's going to have to have the board sets all, all remade. Um, and it just seems like it's going to be uh, a lot more of a time commitment um, on the Kingpin than it would be on the Big Bang Bar. That's just the way it appears to me. Okay. I, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but that's just the way it looks, okay. you know. Um I, and what I understood, the, the company that is uh, supposed to be doing Kingpin already did some work for Big Bang Bar. Um, so I'm pretty confident that they can do it once they have the board set. So the board set uh, probably is the the, um, the big issue. Um, and I know what the problem is with the board set because it all depends on, on one chip, basically. If they can't produce that chip, then they have a problem or they need to find a workaround. You mean it's a custom chip? Yes. Right, right. And that's on the CPU board, right? Um, I have no idea where it is, actually. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think that is a, I think that is a major problem. But um, it'll well, it be interesting be a problem. to see. Yeah. Um, everything can be solved and everything. There, there, sure, there is a workaround, but um, obviously it will cost money to create such a workaround. And you can... Uh, Obviously, money can buy everything, but Gene already spent so much money on Big Bang Bar. Um, it would be great if the games uh, would be made. Um, I'm just not buying one because I'm not. Uh, for me, Big Bang Bar was really uh, almost a magical game. Uh, game. The the whole myth around it, you know, that was a great story. I, I don't have that with Kingpin. Right. Right. And is did did owning the Big Bang Bar does it met all your expectations? Yeah, it has. Yes. So the myths a... the myths are true. The stories are true. Um. Well, it depends on the stories you heard. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um. Basically, I was told by people who played Big Bang Bar, and they said, "Well, um, uh, game wise, it's a nice game, but it's not." that difficult right yeah that's what i've heard too okay which is not a problem because not i'm not a good player so okay. um it will take me at least 10 balls to get to the to uh to the final uh mode basically right you mean you keep buying in yeah and uh or i well pinball all you need is one good ball basically so you um sure you can do it in one ball and if you, if you're really good several times probably um I'm just not that good. Right. I, I checked on my Big Bang bar. I think I have an average ball time of one minute and thirteen seconds, and that's not only uh, not not uh, all uh, my games alone, but also from uh, the other people who played it. So it's a very fast game. I can't say anything else and. 
Um, but it's still, it's still fun. Um, uh, I don't get tired of it and, um, I can name you plenty of the pinball machines I grew tired on pretty fast. So, um, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Good for you. All right. Well, do you have any other, uh, any other little interesting, uh, tidbits to kind of, or, you know, any other stories to add? Um, well, um, stories, probably plenty, but, um, can't think of anything uh, right now. Basically, what I already said, um, I'm very uh, grateful to Gene for giving me the, the the opportunity to at least be, in some way, be a part of the Big Bang uh, Bar story, even though it was a very tiny part, but still. Um, I enjoyed uh, being there, and it was a great experience. It was also my first time uh, going to America. So... Um, I enjoyed it uh, very much. Now, for the now, Dutch now where did you stay when you when you were there? Where 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 did where did you live? Um, Jeans uh, arranged uh, housing for me. Okay, did that was, did that cost you money, or did you know did Jean do that free, or? Um, no, uh, I didn't have to pay for uh, staying. Okay. Okay. So so it wasn't too bad then. I mean, it. So this trip wasn't. Too expensive, or it was pretty expensive. Um, that depends on your definition of expensive, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I think in total, um, uh, traveling and and so on. I think uh, for me, I could afford it basically, and uh, so it wasn't that expensive. If you couldn't afford it, then it would be expensive because you need the money more, uh, for for other purposes. So looking back on it, what, are you glad that you did it? Absolutely, yes. It was okay. uh, something that I um, uh, wouldn't want to have missed, basically. Wow. Is that, um, um, it sounds a bit romantic now, but um, I really had a great time. And um, it, um, I've been thinking of um, looking into the possibilities of starting a European pinball factory. Um, one of the reasons to go to Gene was also to see how much work is involved in producing pinballs. Um, and it helped me to, to get an idea how much work is d uh, needed and everything probably that can go wrong will go wrong, uh, if you don't have the proper people to work with. And I've seen that happen too. Um, so, uh, I'm still thinking about, uh, the possibilities for a European pinball factory, but now, what would you make your own uh, custom games? You know, your own games, or would you like remake something? No, I th uh, um, I think uh, if it would ever get to that point, um, I think we would build uh, new games, new designs, um, on based on our own uh, hardware system. Everything, everything new. Right. Right. Okay. Well, cool, Jonathan. Uh, I really appreciate the time, and uh, I appreciate you letting me uh, call you up and uh, talk about this stuff. No, you're very welcome. Um, uh, perhaps to explain to the people uh, why I'm uh, are we calling in the first place, um, I heard a few um, uh, topcasts from the past, and Big Bang Bar was uh, a recurrent uh, item every time, uh, or in the podcast that I listened to, so... Um, since you're so curious about that, I figured, okay, I have one. I can tell you some stories if you want to hear them. I don't oh, know. It was, it was great. I appreciate hearing from you on it. And, and I, I think, 
you know, I, I think it was, I think it's really good too because there, uh, people are over here are waiting very patiently to get theirs, and you know the, uh, it was kind of a big tease that the people in Europe got theirs first. It was almost yeah. like you know you wish you know that we had that lead law too. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah okay but then there really would be a problem because... yeah i know i know I <laughs> now, know. trust me you don't want that law yeah. um but um for me okay um i still follow the, the 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 big bang bar forum um i can understand people getting impatient because they are waiting so long trust me folks it's worth wait the while right oh that's cool yeah i mean it it's you know it's uh, I you know supposed to be available either sometime this month or sometime next you know in in April or May you know I think uh, you know we'll all have ours and then uh, you know we'll be telling stories you know so it'll be, um, it'll basically be fun. I, 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 um, what happened over here um, I don't want to spoil it for anybody over there but basically what happened over here was like there was a bunch of people who uh, were saying the game would never be made. Um, I couldn't tell anyone the game already arrived, and I even had people asking, so how's the Big Wing Bar project coming on? You know, uh, any news? No. And, and you couldn't say anything, even <laughs> though it's, it's sitting in your living room. <laughs> no, actually, I had it um, uh, at that time. Uh, before um, it was leaked that the games were delivered to Europe, there was, uh, um, I think it was uh, two weeks in between and I had people over, and I stored it in, the, in in my bedroom. Um, and people were in my living room, which is next to my bedroom, asking, "So how's Big and Bar coming along?" And I'm like, "Well, it's pretty okay. I'm very confident the the games will get here." You know, <laughs> not not able to tell that it already arrived. You know, so, so who was the person that got the word out that the games were in fact in Europe? Um, I don't know who it was. I heard a story from uh, Martin Wiest. Um, some, uh, there was one game, uh, going to Austria, I believe. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, it was one of the German or Austrian games. Uh, one of those, uh, people, uh, were, everybody got a notification that they were not supposed to tell anyone that the games had arrived. And one of the guys just threw a party. And one of his visitors basically, uh, put on a forum that, uh, the Big Bang Bar games had arrived. Oh, okay. And it took two weeks, huh? It took two weeks uh, before the word got out on the internet, yes. <laughs> well, and I guess that's no, pretty good. Actually, it took um, two weeks uh, after I picked up my game, but it took a full week before the games were delivered to uh, Germany, I believe. And from then, it was just one week. Oh, okay. Yeah, people can't keep quiet about it, I guess. Um, well, I don't know. I wasn't there. I, um, I don't know what people motivated, um, because they tried to blame it on Martin Weiss at the first place. Um, I heard some stories about it. I don't know how that happened. Okay. So finally the word got out and, uh, I had contact with, uh, Kim and she said, okay, we're not going to lie about this. We're just going to be upfront people. Okay. This is, uh, we did it and this is why we did it. And, uh, as I expected, um, there was nothing but, um, um, how do you call it? People understood the situation. Yeah, I think people were were just glad that, 
you know, it was a, a sign of things to come. You yes, know what I absolutely. Mean? In, a, in a way, I think it even even is good for the project um, because of uh, the games being delivered. Okay, imagine they were not de- uh, delivered and um, people waiting for their games um, two years. Um, uh, you can't keep them happy with just a few photos every now and then, you know. So uh, when the European games got delivered, people really had something to look out for because the games were made. They really played excellent, still still do, by the way. And um, everybody basically was um, uh, uh, who got their games were very very enthusiastic. So that that really uh, gave people something to look forward to. And um, I know it's taken another year, basically. Um, but what's a year in a lifetime anyway, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and besides that, if you go on vacation, the most fun usually is the fun you have up front. Okay. Because when, when you get there, the food isn't good or uh, you have loud neighbors. Yeah, or the anticipation, what? as they call it. Yeah, okay, exactly. Yeah, Sorry for my English. I'm yeah. trying to No, no, you here. do great with your English. Yeah, okay. it's the anticipation that's more fun than the actual delivery. Well, okay, well, with Big Bang Bar... My, um, uh, I, th- I, I think that the people will miss their anticipation. They will be happy that they get their games, um, but um, they will miss it because, in a way, it is um, looking out for something good. You know that, that that's also a good feeling. Right. Um, I, I, I understand. Sometimes people want to know more and. I study communication, so I can understand that very well. Um, it's, uh, it will save a lot of trouble if people take the time to inform everybody. Um, but I also understand how busy people are at Illinois Pinball to produce those games. Um, so they're not, uh, uh, rather than, um, uh, uh, check the forum every five minutes to see if someone has a, a, a question, they rather build the games. Right, right. And I hope people can understand it. No, I, I think they do. I think they do. All right, Jonathan. Hey, thanks again. I appreciate it. I appreciate the, up, uh, appreciate the update on the on the Big Bang Bar. It's great. Yeah, okay. You know, um, hey, and good luck with the, the Dutch Pinball Association, too. It sounds like, you're, sounds like you're really moving along well with that. You know, that's great, with those, especially with those donation games. Man, that's... Yeah, well, we still have a lot of work to do because there's over 50 games waiting to be uh, restored, you know. Right, right. Um, and um, if there's one thing that we don't like to do is, uh, some people say just put them on fire or chop them up or whatever, you know, and that's like, no, because I still have the feeling, if I look at such an old game, you know, like like um, even a, a Honey, which is not considered a very valuable game, it still has a, a some sort of history in it, you know. Sure. Sure. Uh, so I, I, um, yeah, I mean, you, you got them. I mean, you, you know, like you said, you got a lot of members. You got, you got time. You know, just take your time and you know, get them done when you can get them done. Uh, basically, that's what we're doing, and uh, we appreciate all the help from the technicians that we uh, get. Right. And we're very, very grateful to them as well because uh, without them, it would be even harder to get all the games working. You know. So, um, so I want to say a big thank you to to all those people involved in the project um, also people involved in the in the Dutch Pinball Association because it's a, uh, a small group of people making a lot of fun for a lot of other people possible 
again, I'd like to thank Jonathan Jostin for coming on to TopCast and talking to us today about the Big Bang Bar Project and, uh, and his Dutch Pinball Association uh, endeavors. Thank you again, Jonathan.